Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Catch, and let's get started. What's up, everybody out there in podcast land? This is Derek Hatch, your friendly narrative practitioner here, welcoming you to our second to last edition of Narrative 101. I can't believe that the year is winding down. And so if you are just catching up or if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We have been doing on the second Tuesday of every month an ongoing series, uh, 10 parts, called Narrative 101. And this is part nine, documenting your life story. So in these Narrative 101s, we're really trying to understand the language of narrative and how narratives shape and inform our lives. And what would it be like if we thought of our lives as stories, as unfolding narratives, the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell others around us. And so documents and documenting your life uh, is important to that because that is a way of us getting out there, helping us better understand the stories we're telling inwardly uh, because we're taking what's what's inside our heads and in our hearts and we're putting it on paper. We're putting it somewhere. And maybe, just maybe, we are taking that and refining it and better learning how to articulate it so that when we go out and we tell others our story, we're intentional about how we're doing that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And so... I don't anticipate this being a super long episode because there is so much ground that we've already covered. I I can't stress enough that if you haven't heard um, all the episodes leading up to this uh, for Narrative 101s, um, definitely go check those out. The last one that we did was on reauthoring your life. And this is a good follow-up to that as well. Um, Because when narrative therapy first started, so taking you back to when Michael White and David Epstein were first getting into this. This is about, you know, in 1989, 1990, they write a book. Uh, I have it right here on my shelf. Uh, It's called Narrative Means to Therapeutic Ends, which I'm pretty sure was not the original title. But that's what I have. That's the version I have here. And I actually read this book for the first time this year. I didn't read it uh, during my master's program, but I read it this year for the first time. And you really see that this idea of documents, of documenting your life, that was there from the beginning. I mean, a lot of these concepts were externalizing problems, reauthoring conversations. Um, You see like the seeds of a lot of these things, but about like half this book uh, is just documents. Um, not just talking about documents, but actually showing you documents. Uh, so there's all different types of documents that White and Epstein and their therapeutic practices that they utilized. And most of these were in the form of letters. So there'd be different types of letters. And, you know, so imagine them having a conversation, right? Imagine maybe you're going to therapy and you're having a conversation. Essentially what these guys would do in these conversations afterwards is they would pen letters uh, to the client. And there'd be all different types of letters that they would they would write. But essentially these letters were part of the therapeutic process and part of 
helping them to better understand their story and how to articulate it. And so, yeah, it's it's really cool because half the book, again, you're just reading letters and conversations, and sometimes you're even reading letters back and forth. Now, of course, this is, you know, 1989, 1990, so this this could expand beyond letters today. You know, this could be, I mean, it could be like emails or, or texts or messages, but I do like the idea of a letter um, just because it's something that's so tangible, right? You can hold it and it's taking the time to either type it out or to write it, print it, send it. Um, I know I've written letters for people and they've been extremely grateful for that. So yeah, listen, listen, I got a couple quotes here from this book. Um, So letters as narrative. So in a storied therapy, the letters are used primarily for the purpose of rendering lived experience into a narrative or story, one that makes sense according to the criteria of coherence and life likeness. Yeah, so you hear that there. It's about trying to take all these what seem like random, disconnected, maybe even at times feeling meaningless experiences, and you're trying to write them out and and you're trying to get them out there on paper and seeing what will come of it. So, for example, uh, one of the ways that we can do this and that I do this personally is through journaling. So I've been journaling um, pretty consistently since about 2008, 2009. Uh, I used to journal every day. I actually went seven years straight journaling every day, um, which I, I am amazed that I was able to do that. But now I, I, I'm ashamed to admit I don't journal every day and definitely not as often as I would like. Maybe that's because I'm actually doing three journals at once right now because um, I do journals for my kids as well. So it's a lot of work. But when I do journal, I try to be intentional about writing things down. Writing things that happen, yes, because... My greatest fear, to be vulnerable with you all, what I've come to realize my greatest fear is is uh, losing my memory, um, not being able to recall the experiences of my life. And so when I write things down, that's a wonderful way to reread and go, and it's amazing, right? If you write something down and years later you read it, you're like, oh, I forgot all about that. I just... Uh, might need to consider for myself making my journals digital because my handwriting is so terrible that half the time I can't even read it, let alone anybody else. You'd have to, they'd have to have a whole um, group of uh, linguists and archaeologists or whatever to, to try to just decipher my handwriting in the future. Uh, this is pretty terrible and it's very inconsistent in how I do letters. So that doesn't make it easy. But yeah, so journaling has been incredible. It really has because in journaling, I start to see pieces of my story and I start to see where the pieces uh, fall. And I try to continuously go back and reflect on journals, but I was doing that and I was doing that recently. So I got to tell you this because it's very timely for this episode. So I went back to, I think I was in 2019. I was reading my journal from that year. 
And I had a lot of dreams that year in 2019. And so I was kind of curious to go back. And that's a whole other conversation. I've actually done an episode on dreams, but I've written dreams down that I didn't think meant anything. And then years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, that actually meant something. So I not only did that with dreams, but I also did that with, uh, there was a girl that was around my age um, that I was friends with, still am friends with, uh, that we worked together and she had visions of me. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like she actually had visions sometimes during the day and sometimes in her sleep. And she would tell me these visions and I would write them down. And sometimes they would be very immediate to what was going on in my life right then and there. But there was one that I reread the other day and it was this vision of me basically in heaven and I was trying to take, I was like, my 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 head was open, kind of gross image there, but it was open and like, like my brain, I was taking out like pieces like of my brain, like memories, experiences, trying to take all these things and make sense of them. And I took all these pieces and I put them out on the table like a puzzle. Like, you know, when you dump a puzzle out and you're like, all right, where do I even begin with this? So you're trying to fit pieces together. And I'm trying to like look at the pieces really hard, study them, trying to get them. And in this vision, as I'm doing this, God comes up and takes like my brain, like my whole brain out of my head and shows it to me, takes up all the pieces and says, all of this is mine. All of this belongs to me. And immediately when she had told me that kind of in the moment, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I've been doing a lot of like overanalyzing my life. But Three years later, when I just read it the other week, there was something really crazy that I noticed. And so when I tell my life story, um, and I'll talk about this later, but when I tell my life story, I use the, uh, the, the guidebook that I use with my coaching. And with this guidebook, you know, you get to design the cover. And so I can't draw to save my life. Um, there, there's a pattern here. <laughs> um, and I decided to instead do it, uh, digitally. So I made a digital cover and I found this really cool image on Google of basically it's like a, a person and you see like their mind, like as puzzle pieces and you see like different people are putting the pieces together. Right. And I saw that. And I, when I read that entry, I immediately thought of that image that I had used to tell my story because the name of my the, my story when I tell it is the missing piece. And I, for three years, had no idea that that image of puzzle pieces and my mind and God helping me put them together and make coherence and meaning out of it all, I had no idea it was connected to that vision. I had forgotten about that vision probably about a week later. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh my gosh, this, this did something to me subconsciously. I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about it, but it's amazing how my idea of my, uh, my story, uh, how I was able to connect it to something that somebody else had about me. And so, you know, this quote here to go back to it with the balance, this idea of a storied therapy, 
that we're trying to render our lived experience into story. We're trying to put it into something. You know, we have all these ideas. Like if you've ever wanted to, you know, be a writer and tell a story, maybe it's a fictional story. Maybe it's like a journalist and you're trying to gather information and facts. You know, you might have a piece of paper and you might just be dumping all this information on the paper. But then eventually you start to bring it together and you start to order and arrange it. And when we're telling our life stories, we're putting things on paper but then we're going back and we're, it's like an archive of our lives. And we're seeing a narrative or many different narratives that come out of that. So yeah, journaling and journaling is a powerful way to do that. I know a lot of people that, that do journaling and that's a great way of reflecting and spending time um, documenting your story. And so there's another quote here that I was going to read because not only is this beneficial for you, right? For you telling your story to yourself and better understanding it, but it helps you better to communicate it with other people as well. So there's a quote here from David Epstein that says that, um, I often invite people to record their own stories. Customarily, the avowed purpose is to render the story in a form that might be available to others. I've employed a wide range of media, videotape, audiotape, testimonial letters, stories in various genres, personal letters, and the phone. The narrative structure of these recordings is conveniently that of a success story rather than that sad tale format of many psychotherapy narratives. And so what I love about that, what he's sharing there is that It doesn't just have to be through writing. There's all different types of ways that you can record your story. There's all different forms of documenting your life. And I'll give you a few examples here. And these ways of documenting, they could go just beyond us. They can uh, be a ways of articulating our stories and therefore who we are and what we value and what's important to us to others. Let me give you a few examples here. So um, in, in the video realm, I... I like taking a lot of videos. Um, I like taking a lot of pictures too. I'll get to pictures in a second though. But with video, what I do is I like to take all our, 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 I should say the best of, like our home videos uh, that we do as a family throughout the year. Or they go on vacation or we're just hanging out or whatever. And I like to make a compilation um, of them. And and so I edit them together and I kind of try to weave a narrative of the year, whether it's seeing progressions in one of my daughters, like learning their words or uh, seeing their taste of music evolve over a year. And I try to take these videos and show that. And mo- mostly I do it for for them. I mean, I do it for me as well because it helps me remember things, but I do it for them so that one day they can kind of see their lives like, oh, cool. And that's something that I don't do. Like, I'm not going to like put that on social media or anything like that um, because that's for them and they can decide what to do with those videos. My wife does something similar with photos. So she, uh, through like Shutterfly, she'll every year, she'll do like the, our, our, our life story for that year as a family. So for 2021, um, that's, we're still, (laughs) we still haven't finished that one yet. We're a little behind, but for that year, you know, we're going through and we're using photos to tell our family story for that year. Um, and that's stuff that's for us. It's mostly for us to to enjoy. But let me give you another example of a kind of way of documenting your story that maybe others get to see. So 
I have shared probably on here before that I love going to concerts. And I've been to... I don't even know how many concerts. I, I've lost count, to be honest. Especially if I count the concerts that I uh, and my bands have, have been a part of. So it's too much to count. But one of the things that I started doing from my very first concert was keeping the ticket stubs. Uh, I, I mean, I took pictures at concerts, but not not all of them turned out very good. I had shirts. I would buy shirts from concerts, but I didn't do that consistently. And uh, some of the shirts were cooler than others, and some of the shirts were lost, and some I got rid of. So the ticket stubs was a constant. And one of the ideas that I had in college was to take those ticket stubs and to start to put them together um, onto like a little like a like a poster display and, and frame them. And I've kept up with it over the years. And so what I actually just finished doing is I had a whole bunch that I needed to go in and add. And so I and so I went and did that. And I have it hanging up on my wall in my office. And I could tell my life story through those ticket stubs. Um, yeah, I'm focusing on a particular narrative in my life of music and concerts. But if I had to, I could tell the story of my life. Uh, through those ticket stubs because I can remember exactly what I was going through and those concerts, those experiences are representative of different seasons of my life. So that's a cool like visual way of like, or like scrapbooking. I've done scrapbooking uh, for me and my wife our first year. I scrapbooked our whole first year of our relationship and realized afterwards, what have I done? This is so much work. I don't think I could do this for the rest of our lives. So I only did it for the first year. But yeah, those are those are cool visual, like tangible ways of of documenting your life story. And that's what I love about what Epson's saying here is that these are great ways that we can tell our story uh, in these different ways. Another example I could give you is so we've been going through Jonathan Stillman's uh, narrative journey, uh, these narrative principles, and. We have one more left that we're going to do next month. So hold on tight for that because that's definitely going to be a, a fun one. But in the book, essentially, it is a exercise, a way of documenting your life um, through this narrative journey. And he's got lots of great exercises here of how he could of how you could do that in your life. So there's all different types of ways that you could document your life story. And. The first way that one of the ways that that I would do that because I'm a words person was doing that through just writing and telling my story. And I got asked, I think in 20, I think the first time I was ever asked to tell my story was like in front of a group of people that is was in 2012, maybe 2013. I want to say maybe 2013, but uh, that was the first time I had written out my life story. And the second time I did it was in 2016, I believe, maybe 2017. I'm actually maybe leaning towards that. And I went back to the first one. I said, oh my gosh, there's so much has changed, not just in terms of things to add, but in terms of my perspective. In 2018, I got asked by a different group of people to tell my story. And 
or maybe it was early 2019. Gosh, it's it's hard to keep track sometimes of these things. But it was interesting because the third time I had told my story, and it was to this group of people, the same uh, person uh, who had had that vision of me about the pieces, they had uh, said, I think you still have work to do. Uh, on your story, on telling your story, because I think there's certain ways that you understand your life and you're talking about your life that may not be entirely true, which I'm like sitting back thinking like, how could you say that? Like, you didn't live this. You don't know. But deep down, I actually knew she was right. I knew that there was things I was missing and things that I maybe I didn't have a, a, a fully rounded view of myself. Maybe there was a dominant story that still needed to be addressed and there needed to be healing taking place that, yeah, it needed to happen. So this is uh, an ongoing process of documenting your life story. And that's what all things narrative helps you to do. Because with my live a meaningful story coaching package, so I've moved away from this being just a workshop. I, I, I'm actually kind of developed it further to be an all-around uh, package and a more immersive experience. And so part of that is that I actually have these uh, guidebooks that help you, uh, these different exercises and practices and different things that we do that help you to tell your life story. And that's what we do together, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's with a small group of people. And so if you want to do this, if you want to document your life story, I mean, this is what my thesis was, was helping people uh, in, a, in a space to document their life story. So I'm very passionate about doing this. And if you want to do that, then reach out to me in the show notes. Uh, I'll include my email address uh, and my website as well. And you can learn more about that, about how we at All Things Narrative help you to document your life stories through our immersive uh, narrative coaching experience, which I guarantee is a unique experience that you're not gonna get this unique combination of narrative therapy practices with the art of storytelling and with all the different things that we're going to do. Partially because some of this stuff is stuff that I created and some of it is stuff I've pulled from brilliant people, um, some of whom we've even had on the podcast, like David Denborough. So yes, uh, documenting your life. Reach out all these narrative if that's something that you're interested in. And I, we would love, I would love to be a part of that for you. And you might be hearing this and thinking, oh, this is this is great, but whatever the cost is or the time commitment involved, I don't know if I have a story worth telling, you know, that you got to go back to listen to our You Are a Storyteller episode. But I just want to tell you that you are worth it. You are worth the investment and you are worth uh, documenting your life. Everyone is because everyone has a story to tell. So before we wrap up, I, I like to give examples from fictions of these things. And so when I think about documenting your life, uh, there's no more powerful book or work of fiction that comes to, to mind uh, than Alice Walker's The Color Purple. So if you've never read The Color Purple, it's basically about a young woman named Celie who writes journal entries. This actually was my inspiration for wanting to get into journaling was after reading this book. 
And she writes, uh, most of the journal entries are written out as prayers to God. But what she's also doing is she's uh, trying to make sense of her very, very tragic life. And the book is just journal entries. That's it. That's the whole book. So you are experiencing her life from her perspective, which you keep in mind as you're reading it, like, I probably don't know everything. I probably am not seeing you because you're not in other characters' heads. You're only in her head. But that's a very powerful way of her documenting her life. And it's been a long time since I read it, so I need to go back and reread it. But yeah, that idea of documenting your life story. You got to check out The Color Purple. The movie is tricky. Um, I know a lot of people have probably seen the movie but not read the book. It's tricky because the movie is third person. So it kind of takes you out of that uh, that experience and out of her head. They do have a few voiceovers where that they try to do, but it's it's not the same as the book. So if you've seen the movie but you haven't read the book, you, you got to read the book to really experience um, this idea of documenting your life uh, in, in a work of fiction. It's extremely powerful. And I know there's other examples out there as well, but I'm going to end here. Because uh, this episode's gone on long enough. So thank you so much for checking out all things narrative and this podcast and this episode on documenting your life. If you are enjoying this, please leave a review. Reviews help spread the word and get this podcast out there. If there is even just one thing from any episode that you've taken from this, then please take a second and review it. Um, and even share this, share this with somebody as well. I challenge you, I dare you, uh, to share this to someone in your life, um, that you know, this might be impactful and meaningful for So thank you so much again. And we will be back next week, uh, with me and my lovely wife. And we're going to do, uh, our first episode, just the two of us. Uh, and we're going to talk about anime. And so it's going to be fantastic. So thank you so much again. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, signing off, saying thank you and take care.